the truth is rarely pure and never simple. Oscar Wilde. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Our topic for today goes along with the month. This is Pride Month, LGBTQIA plus Pride Month. So today we are going to be talking about writing LGBT characters in your story. And I do want to say that neither of us are LGBT, but we didn't want this topic to go unaddressed. So as we will impress on you throughout the episode, we did our research, more accurately, Lee did her research, asked the people what they wanted you as authors to know about the characters. But always find a sensitivity reader. Find somebody that you can trust that has that perspective for the character. We're going to be talking more on that and reminding you throughout this whole episode to do just that. Nothing we say here is exhaustive or entirely inclusive of everybody in that culture. There are so many different groups within the LGBT community that can be represented in your story. It is a great resource for finding unique characters. The biggest thing is to make sure you do it right. That's what we're focusing on today is how to do it right, how to do correct representation in your story. Also, we'll just be using LGBT. I know there's a lot more to the acronym, but that's just simply easier and shorter for us to say on air. But it does include the whole list. You might notice in what you're reading especially if your favorite genre is YA, there are a lot more LGBT characters being accepted throughout stories. We did pick a quote from Oscar Wilde for this episode for a very good reason, and that is because he was gay. And while it is becoming more common in today's culture, it is not unheard of in older books. Wilde is pretty well known for writing gay bisexual characters. Dorian Gray was bisexual. Carmilla, which was written in 1872, is considered the first lesbian vampire story. You also have Vladimir Harkonnen in the Dune stories by Frank Herbert. He is gay. It was implied in 76 and then said outright in 99. And more recently, a lot of Game of Thrones characters are all over the place. Almost every character has had some sort of experimentation in some regard. You also have a really good example of a gender-fluid character in Rick Riordan's Magnus Chase series. The character's name is Alex Fierro. That one has been congratulated in a lot of ways for being a good representation of the gender-fluid trans community. And a more controversial representation of a gay character is Dumbledore. Not great because it was retconned. There's a lot of issues there. <laughs> I have to say, I, I guess I don't have as much of an issue with it as a lot of people do because he wasn't a sexualized character, so I didn't really care what his sexual history was. He was a teacher, and I have issues with that part of his life. <laughs> he was not a great teacher, but as far as his representation of his sexuality, it kind of worked for me because I didn't know and I didn't care. Dumbledore is lawful evil. Just putting that there. <laughs> so how do you achieve effective representation of the LGBT community in a story? The first and biggest answer to this is research. Do your 
research. Go to the community. Find a sensitivity reader. I don't even know where I would start with that. How did you reach out to the community? So I had to do a lot of research just to build this episode. And I went to a online community I'm a part of that's a a fan group for Brandon Sanderson's writing because I knew a couple of people in there were part of this community. And I started asking them questions and they referred me to another online community that had a lot more people that were part of the LGBT community. And I went to them and I asked them, what do you want authors to know? How do you want authors to write LGBT characters? So if like me, you're not part of the community, reach out to find somebody who is. When it comes to a sensitivity reader, you want someone who aligns with your character that is similar to your character. So say you have a male to female trans person, you want to find a sensitivity reader who is male to female trans. If you don't know somebody, reach out online. Go to Reddit. There's lots of resources on Reddit for connecting with the community so you can find someone to advise you. Looking at your notes for the episode, it's interesting the types of advice that you got. Most of these notes start with the same word, and that's avoid. Avoid stereotyping, avoid fetishizing, avoid killing them just to kill them, avoid making them a different race rather than human. Because the LGBT community is struggling to find a place and acceptance in the real world, they want to see good accepted representation in fiction. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but there are a lot of things that you should just not do. But there are also a lot of things that you do want to do. So let's kind of get into how to do that. As a writer, one of the things that I find most fascinating about LGBT characters are the pronouns they use to represent themselves and how they identify themselves in your world and how other characters might interact with them in that regard. So make sure as you're creating this character that you're consistent with the pronouns that are accurate to the character. As you're doing your research, you want to make sure you're looking into the proper pronouns You want to look into the community and connect with them, get to know them, learn about them, and then read about current events. Talk to real people about their experiences, their stories, and that will help guide you into creating a realistic, good character. The next point, if you decide to create an LGBT character, you need to determine how their sexuality will play into the story. There are many ways that you can do this. One of my first exposures in pop culture to the LGBT community was the character of Willow from the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She discovers throughout the course of the TV show that she is lesbian, and it's one of the first representations of lesbian relationships that I had seen, but it was a discovery for her character, and that became a major plot point in the story. So you can have it be a main plot point for that character. You can also have it be a defining characteristic. So they can already know about their orientation. And that is one of the only things that we know about them. This is more common for secondary and tertiary characters, such as Drahi in the Stormlight Archive series. He's a member of Bridge Four. That character was actually based on a friend of Brandon Sanderson's. 
this is not a good idea for a main character or a prominent secondary character. Because as we'll discuss later, there are many more aspects to members of the LGBT community than their sexuality or their gender orientation. Another thing to consider is how their sexuality affects their character. Sometimes it's just another facet of their personality. Sometimes it's a defining characteristic. I was recently watching a TV show called The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and she has a roommate who is gay. And it's a defining part of his characteristic to help do the fashion makeovers and this and that. It's a satire, so they kind of, they played up every aspect of his personality. One way to do this really well is to have two different characters. One character can have their sexuality or their gender be a main part of who they are and how they're represented. And you can have a second character where it's just a piece of a larger character. It's not the defining part of who they are. It creates balance because, again, if you look at the real community, there's a wide variety. Not every one of them is the same. They have different preferences. They are still people. It's not a defining part of who they are. So have those characters that are represented differently. I want to make a quick note about LGBT antagonists. When you determine the role the sexuality will play in your antagonist, be very, very careful to make sure that the LGBT part of their character is not the reason why they are a villain, because that vilifies that characteristic and then goes on to vilify the community. So if you have an LGBT villain, make sure you have a protagonist as well. One representation that I enjoyed was actually from the TV show Outlander, which is based off of a book series that I haven't read yet. But the villain for the first couple seasons is Bi, and one of the closest allies in the later seasons of the main characters is Gay. So having the ally, the good person helps avoid vilifying the community and actually just makes this character a villain instead. And there were a lot of other reasons why the villain, Black Jack Randall, was an evil character. There were a lot of reasons outside of just his sexual orientation that kind of came into play, but it wasn't the reason. It was another way for him to express his villainy in a way. Now we're going to get into those things that you should avoid. There are always exceptions, but they need to be intentional exceptions. It needs to be done for a reason. So the very first thing that we're going to talk about is do not stereotype. Do not make your character the stereotypical gay guy who wears sweaters around his neck and talks like this. (laughs) Because that's not who they are. Again, there are exceptions to this, mostly in satire. Like Lee's example of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, there's also a satirical representation of it in the movie with Rebel Wilson, Isn't It Romantic? She goes off into this satirical rom-com world, and her neighbor turns out to be her gay best friend, and he is the stereotypical gay guy. And she had pointed out earlier, like, there's always that gay best friend who doesn't seem to have a job, but is super rich and always there. And that's what it turned out to be in her fantasy rom-com world while she was in a coma. (laughs) 
And at the end, you just find out he's just a normal gay guy who happens to be a marijuana dealer. And that's actually the most important part of his character is that he's the marijuana dealer that lives down the hall. And that's why people keep leaving notes for him. (laughs) The gay best friend character can be useful, but it's very easy to fall into that cliche. Because if your main character has a best friend that is not the same gender, having the gay best friend will force the relationship to be purely platonic, which is great if there's another romance involved and you want to avoid that love triangle. So it's not bad to have a gay best friend. You just don't want to have the stereotypical gay best friend. Because there should always be more to the character than being gay, lesbian, trans, bi, whatever. There needs to be more there. And this goes into avoiding fetishizing them as well. This is more brought up in relation to fetishizing like Asian people. A lot of authors will describe their exotic almond-shaped eyes, but it's not exotic. It's a whole billion people that live throughout the world that happen to have that eye shape. So just like you don't want to fetishize the other aspects of races, you don't want to fetishize the other of the LGBT community. There's a great example, I think, of the LGBT community snapping back a little bit at a lot of the cliches that are placed on gay characters. I am talking about NPH or Neil Patrick Harris, who is openly gay And he also plays a womanizer in the TV show, How I Met Your Mother. And so the joke about that character is that he is playing a straight guy with all of the same cliches that so many people play gay guys. Let's move on to the other things that you want to avoid when you're writing an LGBT character. Most of this is a way to make sure that you are building the community and providing good, accurate representation without making it seem like you are trying to attack them or discriminate against them in any kind of way. If you have multiple LGBT characters, don't make them all victims. I get really annoyed when I see any particular group all represented as the same whatever it is. But I do see a lot of straight people, when they are portraying LGBT people, portraying them all as victims. And it gets really old really quick, and it's not accurate. Some LGBT people had a great childhood, and their parents grew up supporting them in what they did. Not everyone has a sob story, coming out story. The exception to this is if it is specifically and intentionally part of the plot. If your intention is to bring to light the discrimination and suffering that LGBT people have faced or still face, then this can be useful. However, be very careful if you are not part of that community writing that kind of story, because it's not something that you have experienced. So try to avoid making them all victims. And going along with that, you want to avoid killing only them. If you have death and destruction in your story, you want a variety of people to be killed so it doesn't look like you're targeting that group specifically. Death and destruction isn't picky about who it kills. Another thing to avoid is putting them into a predatory kind of relationship. A lot of the community wants to see these people in healthy relationships where the sexuality is a facet of their lives. 
being gay does not make somebody a victim in and of itself. That does not automatically make them a victim of abuse or other kind of relationships. Seeing them in healthy relationships are a great way to portray the positives in that culture. If you wouldn't write a straight relationship like that, don't write an LGBT one like that. Again, if you are intentionally and specifically writing a predatory relationship to highlight some of the dangers and factors there, then that's different. However, be very careful about it because you don't want to misrepresent it. This is especially important time to have that sensitivity reader. One thing that in my research a lot of people pointed out is if you are not part of the community, don't write a character that is forced to come out of the closet. It is very difficult to do that and capture the emotions that come along with having to come out of the closet if you haven't been through that before. So that is just something you want to kind of blanket avoid unless you have a close friend that can advise you how to accurately write that in a sensitive, uplifting manner. For those of you who are including these non-binary characters in their sci-fi or their fantasy stories, because they exist throughout every genre, don't make all of your LGBT characters non-human. If you have that in your story, making them human helps literally, in this case, humanize the LGBT community. This is especially important with the non-binary aspect. When we say non-binary, we mean people who consider themselves to be agendered. So they're not male, they're not female, they don't have a gender. It is very easy to write fantasy and sci-fi races that don't have a gender, but that is xenofiction. That's a completely different category. You're not writing about an LGBT community. So if you want to have good representation, you need to have a non-binary character that is human. It is a very difficult topic, and we are definitely not the best people to go to for this. We had to do our research. I'm sure there are things in here that we didn't say right that we got wrong. So don't rely on us as the end-all factor here. But know that everything we said was not out of malice, but ignorance. Please write us. The email address is at the end of the episode. Let us know so we can be better informed and hopefully continue to inform other people about how to accurately portray your particular facet of the community. Part of writing fiction is to represent the world. Even if you are writing in fantasy or sci-fi, we can bring aspects of our world to a stage. And that is part of why having LGBT representation in a story is so important, because it is a hot topic today. There's a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, and it's a very polarizing issue. Fiction has always been a way to present the world as it is, and this should be no different. So if you want to take that step, make sure you're ready for it. Make sure you are ready to write an LGBT character and then do your research. Never stop researching. Never stop trying to connect with that community so you can get an accurate representation because that's what the world needs. We need good, uplifting, and diverse representation in all of our writing. But in everything, enjoy it. Write what you like. If the character tells you, hey, by the way, I'm bi, I'm not straight, go for it. Let the characters help you but do your research. 
talk to people you know, you will stand out as an author if you approach this subject. And if that's what you want to be known for, go for it. Just write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. You are listening to the extended version of this LGBT episode. If you are interested in hearing more extended versions, check out our Patreon page. There are a lot of these episodes that we have just too much information we want to share. If you like what you hear here, check it out. Go to writingrootspodcast.com. You'll find a link in the top search bar.